Good evening. We said we're going to start discussing the halachas of Adlachas Neus. Just to give you a program of the coming, sure, next, the next year, two weeks' time is the winter holiday, so there won't be shit. I'm not even sure if I'm going to be here. Two weeks after that, I hopefully, I'm not, I hope to be around and I hope to be able to give shit. So we should just miss um, two weeks' time. Four weeks' time, we do have a fasting issue in four weeks' time on, on the Monday night. But we'll, uh, we'll see, I'll let you know if I can manage this. We want to discuss the halachas of Adlachas Neus. Hadlokas Ne'er Hanukkah, which is a, an extremely important mitzvah. The Rambam tells us that Hadlokas Ne'er Hanukkah is included in Oynik Shabbos. The Rambam says Hadlokas Ne'er Shabbos Shabbos, Enerishus. It's not something which you're permitted to do if you would like to. Imrata Madlik, Imrata Ena Madlik. If you want to light, or if you don't want to, you don't have to light. Well, a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah that you're not obligated to chase after it. It's an obligation. It's an obligation on every single person. Echad anoshim, echad noshim, both male and female. You have to have a light lit in your home on Shabbos. The Ram calls it Oynek Shabbos. The Ram says clearly it's included in Oynek Shabbos because the reason why you have to have a light lit in your house is A, so you can see the food, B, that you don't trip over each other, C, you don't trip over household furniture. It's not pleasurable for Shabbos to be in a dark environment. It's only pleasurable when you have a light. So therefore, Oynek Shabbos, which is how one enjo- enjoys Shabbos, and we discussed Oynek a little bit in the previous shurim, how does one enjoy Shabbos? You can only fully enjoy Shabbos if you have light in the house. Therefore, Chazal and Pashtas, simply it's a, a Drabonon, though there are one or two Rishonim imply that it's a Deraisa, the Bahag, the Balalachas Gedodas, when he enumerates all his Tariag Mitzvahs, he includes in the Tariag Mitzvahs the mitzvah of lighting candles for Shabbos, <coughs> which seems to imply that he took it very seriously and included it in the mitzvahs together with all the other mitzvahs which go into the Tariq mitzvahs. Um, any mitzvah that you can think of, sukkah, lulav, whatever it is, uh, Shabbos, although he, he includes it together, Hadlach is named as a separate mitzvah. The Yireim also, when he enumerates his uh, Tariq mitzvahs, he also puts Hadlach is named together with all the other mitzvahs on an equal footing. Uh, we don't normally put Rabbonons in the number, in the count of the Tariq mitzvahs. So there would be some seeming, some indication that it's a biblically commanded mitzvah, but we take on that it's rabbinically commanded, but it's rabbinically commanded that you have to, you have no choice. You have to and you have no choice. The <coughs> Rambam later on writes that the person should set the table up on Friday and he's got to prepare the house on Friday so again he writes you have to have your table prepared your beds neat you have to have the house ready and you have to have a light lit because of covered Shabbos the Rambam actually includes the, the mitzvah of lighting candles for Shabbos in two parts of mitzvah Shabbos one is Oynik Shabbos when Shabbos comes you have light there so you can enjoy Shabbos but there's another reason why we light candles before Shabbos and we have to have lights lit before Shabbos because you don't come into, you don't welcome the Shabbos queen in a dark room, in a dark house when you're preparing for Shabbos and you, you want to give Shabbos honor when you give the Shabbos honor you prepare a nice beautiful home if the queen would come to visit you in the house you would to make sure that your house is spotless your beds are made, the tables laid and there's light, there's candles lit without candles lit the house, the home doesn't have that perfect preparation for Shabbos therefore the mitzvah of lighting candles includes actually two, two elements. One is the enjoyment of Shabbos, and the second mitzvah is to give Shabbos the honor it deserves by preparing for it in, in full, including lighting candles.
the mitzvah of Lachit Shabbos has got very little to do with eating, though there is an extra advantage to light when you eat. We will discuss that not in this year. In the Kamish room, it's where it's best to light. If I have a choice to light when I'm eating out by a, by a, a host, or should I light in my house where I'm going to come back to you later, where is it best for me to light? We will discuss that. There is an extra halakha to light where you're eating, but that's not the primary mitzvah. The primary mitzvah is to make sure that your home has light in it so that you don't trip, you don't fall, you don't bang into each other, you don't end up arguing, quarreling because each one standing on each other's toes because you can't see where you are. That is the primary mitzvah. Make your house light. This mitzvah is a mitzvah which is obligated on every single person. The husbands, the wives, the children, adult children, anybody, everybody in Kalisrol has a mitzvah to light a candle Shabbos. It's not specific to any party in Kalisrol. It's not specific to any sect of Kalisrol. Every person, male or female, has an obligation to light candles. Everyone has, has the same obligation. However, the mitzvah of lighting candles is not just to actually light the candle because lighting one candle is not sufficient. You imagine you put one candle in your front room or two candles in your front room, we'll discuss the number of candles a bit later. You put a candle in your front room, but your kitchen is pitch black and your bedroom is pitch black and you're going to end up tripping over each other and tripping over your chairs and tripping over uh, the shoes that you forgot to put away before Shabbos are lying in the middle of your bedroom uh, and, and things like that. You're going to end up tripping and not enjoying Shabbos. So there's two really, there's two parts to mitzvahs at Locus Neus. One is that the house should be lit. There should be light in the house. And there's another mitzvah to actually light the candle. There's a big machlekes in the Rishonim, whether it's sufficient just to have lights lit, or do you actually have to light a candle, or we pass them that you have to light a candle. And therefore we do a mitzvah lockers nearest. But don't forget, just lighting a candle is not sufficient. You have to make sure that all areas of the home are sufficiently bright, so that one can enjoy Shabbos to the full. The, the Mishnah tells us that The mission tells us that one's not allowed to light with a substance, a type of a uh, lighting fuel called itron. Now itron is a derivative of tar. The reason why you can't light with tar, you might get a beautiful, you might get a beautiful candle, you get a beautiful flame, but the problem with that is it's going to create a smell. And if it's going to create a smell, you're going to end up moving away from where the light is. And that defeats the whole purpose. Because the purpose of the light of Shabbos is to actually enjoy the light, enjoy the brightness, enjoy the, the, the warm feeling of, of a home which is lit and which is light, which has candles there. That is the purpose of lighting the candles. If you're going to light with something which is going to drive you out of the house, then you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of Lachis Nehru. It's not like I fulfilled my mitzvah but I just can't be there. I haven't fulfilled my mitzvah if I light with something like Itron, if I light with something which is going to force me to move out of the room. If you come on Friday and the, your candles are already lit, you, somebody lit them early, that's not good enough. You have to actually put them out and relight them again. It's very strange. It's strange a lot because your home is bright and everything's there and everything's beautiful. But you have to, you have to uh, remove the lights that are there. You have to extinguish the lights that are already lit and then relight them again to make a bracha. We don't make a bracha on the already lit lights. You can only make a bracha on lights that you're lighting and you have to light. So therefore the, the obligation is to actually remove, extinguish those, those candles that are already lit and relight them again. You have to light candles. How many candles does one light? Now this is a very interesting um, uh, interesting halacha in Shulchan Aruch. Misad halacha, you only have to light one candle. You only have to light one candle. So for instance, we have a rule if somebody's poor, it's a hot in here, isn't it? somebody's poor and they can't afford both Ne Hanukkah or Ne... It's okay, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, one minute. 
we're not going to be here that long. If somebody's poor and they can't afford near Hanukkah or near Shabbos, so near Shabbos comes first. Near Shabbos comes first. Near Shabbos comes first. Why? Because near Shabbos is Shalom Bayes. Shalom Bayes takes precedence over everything else. To make sure that your home has a, a pleasant atmosphere in it, for Shabbos that comes first. However, if I can afford two candles, right, I can't afford much, but I can afford two candles. What do I do? Do I use two candles for Shabbos? Or should I use one candle for Shabbos and one candle for Hanukkah? Because don't forget, Hanukkah, the, the primary halakha is just one candle. We all like candles after candles, but the primary halakha is one candle. If you want to be a bit firmer, you want to do mahadrin, then you light one candle per night. If you want to be really mahadrin, mina mahadrin, then you light a, a menorah per, per, per person in the, in the home. Why women don't like it is a different discussion. That's not for tonight. But that's mahadrin, mina mahadrin. But the primary mitzvah of Hanukkah is one candle. There's one light. I get people often say to me, I'm, I'm going out, I have to travel, and I'm leaving the house, and I have to go to Stanford for Simcha, and I don't want to leave my candles burning. So I say to them, okay, don't, don't leave your candles burning, just take a tea light, and light one tea light for Hanukkah, that's good enough. You can light one tea light for Hanukkah. You don't have to light eight lights, and if you wipe your house, it's going to burn down. At least you make mitzvah. But don't not light because you're going to have to leave the house to go to a Simcha, you have to light. So light one candle. So if you can afford two candles, then you light one candle for Shabbos, and one candle for Hanukkah. You have no right to take two candles for Shabbos over the single candle for Hanukkah. Why take two candles for, for Shabbos? The halakha says one candle is sufficient. You take one candle for Shabbos and one candle for Hanukkah. So clearly one candle is enough for Shabbos. So why on earth do we light two? And some of us light seven, some people light five, some people light ten, and some people light for as many children as they have, and we'll discuss each one of those in a moment. Why do we like two? The Hanukkah and Shulchanach says that if you, if you can afford more than one, you should like two. Why do we like two? Because the Gemara tells us the story of the Rishon Ben Yechai was in the cave. When he came out of the cave, the Yadiyah Nobi came and announced that uh, it's time for him to come out. The Gemara tells us exactly what he said. And he came out and he saw uh, life became difficult. They couldn't, they couldn't acclimatize themselves to normal living anymore. And they kept on causing trouble with the damage by just looking at things because they were so spiritual. The Gemara gives us a whole rundown of what happened. And they went back in for another 12 months. Then they came out again a second time, and they saw a man running on Erev Shabbos with two hadassim. Two hadassim. Two hadassim, so they could smell on Shabbos and enjoy Shabbos. So he asked him, why are you running with, with two hadassim? See, he said, I want them for Shabbos. He said, okay, but why two? So he said, two, because one for the Zohar and one for the Shoma. Shabbos has two parts to it. Zohar is Yemah Shabbos the Kachay, and Shoma is Yemah Shabbos the Kachay. The two Aserahs are different. One says Zohar, one says Shoma. We'll discuss perhaps a little bit later, not today. Uh, another time, the difference between the Zohar and the Shoma. Of course, Shoma is always the, prohib- pro- pro- the prohibitions of Shabbos, what you're, what you're prohibited to do. Don't do the Malachas and Shabbos. And the, the, the Zohar is the positives, the Kiddush, etc., etc., all the positives that one has to do on Shabbos. So in, to commemorate both, you have to have two. Now, it doesn't really make much sense when you think of it like that. Why do you have to have two? Zohar and Shabbos, one Shabbos. One Shabbos, Zohar and Shabbos. Have two parts of Shabbos, right? Why, why should I like two? Clearly, there's two parts to Shabbos. Shabbos is made up of two separate units. There's a, a unit called the, the Zohar and a unit called the Shomer, and I will need to discuss and try to explain and see how it's relevant to the But upon them, there's two parts of Shabbos, so to commemorate both parts of Shabbos, we light two candles. Two candles. In, in, in the time of Rabbi Shem Benichai, they took two Hadassim to smell, but we take two candles. We take two candles. That's the basic minimum, two candles, one for the Zohar, one for the Shomer. Uh, and if you look at the davening, and we'll explain this a bit later, if you look at the davening, the, most people besides the people who daven in, 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 uh, in our shul, most people, when they daven, they'll see there's a difference between the Friday night davening, Shabbos morning davening, and Shabbos shul, and the Mincha davening. 
A very big difference. Of course, Hal Shmoneses is a bit different, but in the, the bracha of Shabbos, right, which we say equal across all three tefillahs, you say, V'yonuchu vah yisor mekachir shemecho. V'yonuchu vah yisor, Yisrael should rest bah in it. Now, the reason why you say bah is because Shabbos is female. Shabbos is female. So you say, V'yonuchu vah, you should rest in it. But what's interesting is, and that's what we say, we say that for Friday night, we say that for Shabbos morning, we say that for Shabbos mincha. But if you look in most other siddurim outside of the Be'er Siddur and the Yishurun and, and, and the Svasemis, etc., you will see something very interesting. On Friday night it says, V'yonuchu vah yisor. Shabbos morning it says, V'yonuchu vah masculine, even though Shabbos is feminine, it says V'yinuchu Voi, but when it comes to Mincha, it says V'yinuchu Vom, both together. So clearly you see from Dublin that there's two parts to Shabbos, there's the Bach part of Shabbos, the Friday night of Shabbos, you have the Shabbos morning of Shabbos, we will discuss when it comes to preparing food for Friday night, preparing food for Shabbos morning, which one takes precedence, Halakha is Shabbos morning takes precedence, that's the, the main day of Shabbos, Friday night is only Friday night of Shabbos, Shabbos morning is the Shabbos, and then Shabbos Mincha, Samara, they all comes together and you get a Yenuchu you get a combination of two. You get the new essence of Shabbos, of Shabbos Mincha. Therefore, Shabbos has two parts. So you have two Adasim, you have two nights. You have two nights, one night for Friday night, one night for Shabbos morning, meaning one night for the Zohar and one night for the Shomer. However, the Minig in, in, in Kalisar has suddenly over the last few years, my wife only likes two lights, my mother-in-law likes two lights. And that's how it used to be. Historically, most people didn't like more than two lights, probably because they couldn't afford more than two lights. It was difficult enough to find two lights on a Friday night and afford it. To start lighting 20, 30, 40 lights, that didn't was on the head of. But in recent years, it's become a minute to light more. Some people light five lights. Some people light seven lights. Seven because of seven days of the week. Some people light ten lights because of Asteris Adibris. But the, the most prevalent minute, which is, which is a mushroom recently, and has very little source, in fact, has no source in Halakha whatsoever, but it's become a minute, and therefore we have to find some reasoning for it, is to light a light for every child. It's a light of life for every child. It's very nice. It's a very nice mimic. It doesn't have much sauce. And it's beautiful. You come there and you see lots of different uh, silver, usually mismatched silver candlesticks because uh, every child you have to go find another candlestick. And it's very nice. It's, it's beautiful. You have many. But where does it come from, this mimic of life for every child? It's got no sauce in our locker whatsoever. Uh, and I remember discussing this last time as well, and people were quite, quite perturbed when I told them. I don't know who started it. I can't tell you. But I can tell you two reasonings why, maybe, maybe two reasons why we like for every child, though it doesn't really have much source. One reason is a very interesting one. The Morgan of Rome tells us that a lady after birth, the first Shabbos, didn't light candles. She never used to light candles the first Shabbos. So we have a halakha, which we're going to discuss a bit later. If you miss out the Shabbos of, light, of candle lighting, it's an extra one. So since after birth they didn't have that Shabbos, they couldn't light candles. Now, why they couldn't light candles can be of a number of reasons. I imagine some of you still remember that in the old, the old days, they wouldn't let you get out of bed for the first three days after, and I still remember, seven days they weren't allowed out of bed. So you can imagine you're not allowed out of bed for seven days, you couldn't very much, very well light candles the first Friday night. There, there are other, possibly give other reasons why they didn't light candles the first Friday night, but the, the primary reason given is because they weren't allowed out of bed. So you missed the Friday night, so just inevitably you lit a second candle the next week. So you end up by default having an extra candle for child. It was nothing, um, nothing spiritual or esoteric about it, it's just purely practical. You missed out the Shabbos, so you have to light. Now, it doesn't really work, this halakha, because if you're in bed in hospital just after birth, the assumption is that your husband would have lit at home. If your husband was lit at home, you're not machir to light candles. So it's not quite, unless you're in hospital stuck there and the hospital didn't light candles, it's not so straightforward, but that's the most probable source of the minute. 
Others say that just like Hanukkah, we, there's a Mahadrim in a Mahadrim that all the children should light candles, so it's, a, it's very nice to give the hit or two, the candles or Shabbos, if you light a candle for every child. We're pushing the boat here a little bit, we really are trying. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't, I think my kids do light one for every child, but my wife doesn't, because there's no source in my locker, it doesn't, doesn't have a McCoy. It doesn't have a McCoy. It's a very nice mimic, but it doesn't have a McCoy. When it comes to lighting the, the Friday night candles, the women are the primary person who should be lighting the candles. And there are a number of reasons given the Shulchan Aruch why. Again, the obligation is equal, both to male and female. Both have the same obligation. Man and wife, uh, daughters, sons, they all have the same obligation. But the obligation is carried out primarily by the wife in the house. And the reason why the woman is the one who carries out is, uh, uh, in, in Halakha, a number of reasons are given. The simplest reason is because who does the housework? You know, the wife does the housework. She's finishing Shabbos, the husband's gone off, he's gone off to, to shul, he's gone to learn, he's gone to say Shiashirim, he's gone to, 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 to get the shul ready, that comes before getting the house ready, and, and uh, the one who's left at home is the wife. So the obligation ends up falling on the wife. That's a simple reason. The other reason given in Shulchan Aruch is because Chava was the cause of other missions partaking of the Eitz Hadas. And when he, when he partook of the Eitz Hadas, then the Apostle tells us that death suddenly became a reality in the world. Prior to the eating of the Eitz the Adam would have lived forever. They would have lived forever. They would have lived forever. After eating of the Eitz he then now was forced to go through the process of death and uh, reincarnation, etc., or the Chesamesim eventually. So he went through a process of dying. Now, Adam was called Nero Shalolom. Chazal called Adam the life of the world. He was the life of the world. That's what he was. By Chavah encouraging him to eat from the Eitzadah, she, as Chazal say, was Mechavah. She extinguished the Neir Shalom. In order to rectify that, the women are the ones who have taken upon themselves to be the primary household member who is going to light the candles for Shabbos. So that way she's relighting the candles. She's relighting that Neir Shalom in the place of the one that Chavah unfortunately extinguished. And therefore, the primary uh, obligation is, or not obligation is not the right word, but the primary uh, one who is going to be, actually carry out the mitzvah is going to be the woman. The Zohar gives a slightly different reason. The Zohar says Shabbos is feminine, so therefore the obligation goes on, the, the requirement is primarily to the woman rather than the man. If there's no woman in the house, then of course the husband likes. If there's n- the husband and wife have gone away, which is quite common, and left their teenage daughters, which they shouldn't do in today's day and age, don't ever go away and leave your teenage children at home on their own because you're risking who knows what. But if you did, then you have a choice now. Who should light the candles, the, the son or the daughter? Then the obligation should go on to the daughter. The daughter takes the place of the mother. If there's a father there, and the father is the man of the house, he should light instead of the wife. But if there's no father, then the obligation falls next, next in line will be the daughter. If the daughter is not capable of doing it, of course they've got to be an adult. It mustn't be a child. They've got to be an adult. Of course they've got to be somebody who's uh, an, an intelligent person, not somebody who's uh, um, possibly promiscuous due to lack of intellect. If there are children who are adult, reach the age of adulthood, and capable of lighting, they should be kind of mixed in place of the parents of the parents on there. Yes. Can a blind person light? It's a very, very good question. A blind person is a big machlokes apostle where the blind person can actually make a bracha. She can't see the lights, but she can el- enable other people to see the lights. So that's a huge machlokes apostle. Magen Avraham says she can. The Orchus says she shouldn't. 
the Mishnah Bruce says she, Paskin says she can but if you want to make sure that it's done right and you're not getting involved in Machlekes if there's somebody else who can light they should light for them if not then the, the blind lady can light but you're talking about somebody who can't benefit from light at all so often blind people can still differentiate between dark and light even if they can't actually see uh, objects clearly they can differentiate between dark and light and, that, and then, then they are benefiting from the light to some degree so then they can definitely make a rock of fire Yes. They don't know. We're going to discuss. Uh, 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 we will discuss if we get there today. If not next year, what, we do, what do you do in hospitals? We will, we'll talk about. We won't get through it all today, but we'd like to talk about all the different scenarios: hospitals and, and hotels. I tell you, hotels are much worse than hospitals. Hospitals, hotels, and, and, and when you're eating out by other people, when you're staying with other people, we'll try yeshiva bachim, stem girls, etc., etc. We will try and go through the whole, um, all the different scenarios. Even though we said that it's primarily the, the one who does fulfill the mitzvah is the wife, but the husband still has to play part in the mitzvah, and therefore when the Shulchan Aruch tells us that the wicks should be prepared so that when the, when the woman lights the, the, the wicks, they can easily catch a light, it's become a minigan karishol that the husband prepares the wicks for the wife. Now the reason why you have to prepare the wicks is because there's a halacha, which relevant to Hadlokis Neres Hanukkah and relevant to, to Neres Shabbos as well, that we tried to follow the, the, the Hadlokis Neres of the Beis Amikdosh. Now in the Beis Amikdosh, the mitzvah was that the Kayan would light the, the, the menorah and keep his hand there until the wick was, majority of the wick was, was alight. So therefore, when you're lighting your Friday night candles, you light the wick with the, you keep the match there until the majority of the wick is lit. Now, if the wicks are not prepared, it takes, it takes a while for those wicks to, wicks to actually catch light. And therefore, what we do is, we prepare them beforehand, and then the wife, when she puts the, the candle there, when she puts the mess there, it'll light straight away. Now, I must be honest with you that I actually think modern-day candles don't work like that anymore. In modern-day candles, if you prepare them, they burn down, and you have a very little wick there, and it becomes much, much more difficult to light. You have to take the wax. So, I, I advise husbands to get the candles ready in the candlesticks, take the wax off the, uh, off, off the wicks, you can just pull them off, it comes off, I think you don't need to burn them off. But it's not really necessary to burn. By burning, you could make it more difficult for the wife, and you could make it longer for her to actually get the, the wick alive, so it becomes a very small burnt wick. You have to wait there until the wax burns down, and you get a bit more of a wick, so, you can, so the light can then grab the wick and catch on to the wick. So it's better if you probably don't light the wick before showers, or if you do, just put them out quickly before they burn all the way down. Then they end up being a bit, a bit longer. They are long enough and they are free. Then they're prepared. But today the wicks burn straight away. They, they catch light straight away. They catch light straight away. So is it necessary? Maybe not. If you want to, then here we have an ace of favor. You have to tell the husbands to stand by the wicks for a little bit longer, not be impatient like men are, and stand there for a little bit longer until the, wicks, until the, the wax burns down a little bit more. And then you have a full wick which will enable the, the wife, when she starts lighting, to light without any trouble and it will catch on properly. The Gemara tells us, and this is perhaps another reason why, this is perhaps another reason why we light, some people light a candle for every child. The Gemara tells us, somebody who's rogil bener, somebody who's rogil, this is referring to a man. The, Gemara, the wording of the Gemara is, a rogil bener, somebody who's rogil means he's used to regularly, um, perhaps rogil and regular comes from the same, uh, same word. Somebody is careful with his mezuzah. We'll have a nice house. Somebody is careful with sitzes. We'll have nice 
clothes. Azarba Kiddush Ayayin. So he's careful with Kiddush on the day of Shabbos. Zeichel Memalagarba Yayin. He'll be homeric to have many jugs of wine. So we see that the Gemara changes the wording from Haragil Bener, somebody who's Haragil Bener, to all the other cases of Hazoya Bemezuzeh, or Hazoya. He doesn't say Hazoya Bener. And the reason why the Mashal explains is because Haragil Bener is referring to the man, not referring to the woman. Now, since the man is not the one that actually lights the candles, you can't say to him, be careful about the lighting of the candles, because he's not lighting the candles. But what you can say to him is a ragu bener. Ragu means, you can use the terminology ragu, which means to encourage the, the wife to make sure that the wife is doing the job of lighting the candles in the manner that she should. That's called a ragu bener. Somebody's ragu bener will be zeichet to bonnet hamidichachomim. Now, the Zaya tells us some very interesting thing about lighting candles, and it's become, uh, uh, it's been put into the tula, the tchina, which the women say, at at uh, at Lachis Meiris, the women say a special filler at Lachis Meiris. Part of that 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 filler is for children. Should we come from Eidah Chachamim? But let me read you out the Zoya. The Zoya says something very interesting. The Zoya says it's a boy of a chedva the liver verusa lav locha batsina the Shabbos. Nice in Aramaic. So I'll translate it for you. A woman has to light the candles on Friday with joy in her heart. The ha yikare lahu la. It's a great honor for her. The Zacharav. The Rama, the Miski, the Bnin Kedishin, and if she does it properly, she will be she will merit to have holy sons. The Yom Beitzina, the Alma Beraisa, there will be a light to the world in Tyre, or by the Chalta, and in 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 the fear of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Yaskin Shalma Beara, and they will bring down peace into the world. The Yehavas Lebalo, and it will give to her husband Orcha Dechayim, long life. The Ginkach Boil is Dara but Therefore, the woman should be very careful when she's lighting candles. The Mitzvah of Havlachis Meir says, in, in, in the merit of the Mitzvah, the person will be able to be Zecher to children, Tamid Chachomim, be Zecher to long life to the husband, and be Zecher to bring peace to the world. And therefore, when you say that Chino, when you say that little filler, which you say at the Blockus Neiris, just after the Blockus Neiris, you will see that inside the filler it talks about long life, Chaim Aruchim, and it also talks about, of course, the famous song of Zakenu, the Gadol Bonin, Tamid Chachom, etc., because that's what the Rogu Benet is Zechah, the Bonin, Tamid Chachom. And that's why that, that, that little filler, that little filler is based on this Zoya uh, uh, and, and the Gemara, which says the Rogu Benet will be Zechah, the Bonin, Tamid Chachom. Let's just run through quickly the process of lighting candles. So now the halacha tells us, uh, it's ideal for a woman to be ready dressed for Shabbos when she lights candles. She should be prepared in the Shabbos clothes. So when she comes to the Shabbos, don't forget, you're lighting Shabbos, you're lighting the candles, you're bringing the Shabbos queen, you're bringing the Shabbos into the home, you, you are doing something which is a tremendous tremendous covenant. Zaya calls it a yikari ilahullah. A tremendous, tremendous honor for her to be able to light those candles. You don't do something which is an honor in your bathrobe. So therefore you try your best to be prepared for Shabbos before you light the candles. Now of course, don't get me wrong, the Mishnah Bura is very, very, very points this out very carefully and you're quite nervous about this. If you're running late and by Chasvashon, by getting ready for Shabbos and putting your Shabbos clothes on, you're going to end up lighting candles after the month. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Better light in your bathrobe. It makes no difference. At least you've lit the candles. But don't allow Chasvashon, the candles, to be lit after the month of Havlokah. There's a minute, many women have a minute to give stocker at the time of just before they, they light candles. They give stocker and then they light the candles. During the time of lighting your candles, you, as we said before, you should make sure that you have the, the whole wick is lit. But before you, do, you, before you light, you make a brocha on Shabbos, you make a brocha on the candles before you light. Yeah. If you make a brocha, if you light, sorry, you, you light and then you make a brocha. If you make a brocha before you light, then you've got a problem. Because by making a brocha, sorry, that was me. By making a brocha, 
you are being Mekabal Shabbos. The moment you make your bracha, the Hadlik Nesh or Shabbos, you're being Mekabal Shabbos and you can't light. So therefore what we do is, we light the candles before, before we make the bracha, and then we make the bracha, and we put our hands in front of our eyes not to benefit from them, so we are benefiting from the light. Only after the bracha, so that way we have what's called overlast yasa, making a bracha before we actually are benefiting, benefiting from the mitzvah, but we're actually practic- practically lighting the candles after, before you make the bracha. Then we hold the candle, the, the match there, to make sure that the wick is completely alight before you move on to the next candle. And if you're doing ten candles, it's a bit of a job. You've got to make sure that uh, each one is fully lit before you move on to the next one. <coughs> Once she's lit, then she, she can say the, the tiller, you can say that tiller, if the, your minig is to say it, and even if minig isn't to say it, it's worthwhile saying, it's, it doesn't cost her anything, and it's a beautiful tiller to say at the time of Lucas Nevis. There is a scholar for somebody who doesn't have any children, for a woman who doesn't have any children, a very interesting scholar. There's a scholar to read the Haftarah on Rosh Hashanah. Well, I'm a kid to show There's a, a scholar to read the Haftarah of the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Haftarah of the story of Hannah. Uh, you read the Shmuel Aleph, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Beis, for Pasuk Yud. It's a beautiful, beautiful minute, beautiful scholar. And what, what can be a better time to do it than at the time when you light in candles, which is a Raghul Vinet, is it will be Zerchah to Balan Tamidi Chachamim. To show you now the, the how important Chazal, the importance Chazal put to Hadlokis Neiris, we have this halacha, which we just mentioned a few moments ago. If somebody lights candles, forgets to light candles for a Shabbos, and don't think this can't happen, this can happen. If somebody forgets to light candles for a Shabbos, then the next Shabbos they have to light an extra candle. If you forget to light candles for Yom Tif, then the next Yom Tif you light an extra candle. You don't have to light an extra candle for Shabbos. If you light an extra candle for Shabbos, you don't have to light an extra candle for Yom Tif. Wherever you forgot, you light an extra candle on the next opportunity which is equal to that opportunity. So you don't light an extra one on, on Yom No, for Shabbos. If you forgot Yom Tif, you light an extra one for Yom Tif. Shabbos is only for Shabbos. Only for Shabbos. I don't think I think it's only for Shabbos. Forever for Shabbos. Forever for Shabbos. But it's not Yom Tif. If you forgot Yom Tif, you light Yom Tif. You don't have to light Shabbos. For Yom Tov, no, for Yom Tov, it doesn't say just for Shavuot, oh, for Yom Tov. Okay, okay. Yom Tov. Yeah, for Yom Tov. Chazal fined the family who didn't have light to live for Shabbos, they gave them a knaf, they gave them a fine. You didn't light candles for Shabbos, so we're going to find you, you have to light an extra candle. If somebody's poor, can't afford an extra candle, so then you add a little bit of oil, or you add a little bit of, greater, a bit more wax, a slightly bigger, a slightly bigger, candle, that's also good enough, that's in place of the, the fine for lighting a new, another candle. If, however, you, you, had, you just couldn't, somebody, somebody was in hospital, or you were uh, what we call an oinus, it was completely out of your hands, there was no way that you could have, you could have lit those candles, you, weren't, you didn't just forget, you just you were an oinus, then you're not going to add an extra one. Then you're not going to add an extra one. And then similarly, if you switched on an electric light, anywhere in the house for Shabbos, but you just forgot to light your candles, and lighting the electric light will, will be in place of lighting those candles. You've, you've put light in the house, so no one can tell you didn't put light in the house, and therefore you don't have to light an extra light for the next Shabbos. And this is something which is very common, I get calls like this, particularly on the Friday, uh, it, was, oh, it was just a mad Friday and, 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 and I didn't light my candles. What do I do? So I say to them, did you put the light on anywhere for Shabbos? Did you light, put the, the front room light on quickly? You ran around the house to make sure the, light, the lights which were supposed to be on were on and the ones which were supposed to be off were off. And you actually lit them. So usually the answer is yes, I did. I put the kitchen light on, I put the light on, the back of light on. And we will, we will discuss that. 
be. But many people go around anyway switching lights on for Shabbos. When you switch your bedside lamp on for Shabbos, you switch. So you've switched on the light for Shabbos, then you've ready to be Mekayim, you miss the Hadlokas Nehesh for Shabbos. So the next week, even though you didn't make a bracha, the next week you don't have to light an extra light. That's fine. You, 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 you might be able to. Is it Shabbos already? So we'll, so we'll discuss that next, next year. We're going to discuss what happens. Can somebody else light a candle for you? Or if there was a break, we'll discuss that next year. The, the next question is somebody who lights uh, loads of candles for Shabbos. I must just say to you, I'll if you do light a seven candles for Shabbos, you must make sure that you're, you don't have a candelabra which is. Um, it's like a menorah of seven. You're not allowed to make a candelabra of a menorah of seven. And so a big machlekes, even a candelabra which is round, is that is that a problem or not? But definitely a long candelabra of seven lights would be would be forbidden. It could be five and two. Yeah, no, it can be. So if somebody lights regularly, five, seven, nine, twenty-five, depending how many talking you have, and you forgot to light all of them, you just lit two. So there's a big machlekes when you have to actually light the next one in the next week. And we take on, Mishnah takes on that you don't have to light the next one in the next week. Because at the end of the day, you did light two candles. You did light two candles. You didn't light all your candles, that doesn't matter. Those people who light many candles for Shabbos, the accepted minigiz, the only agree, the only recover, the only accepted upon yourself to light those candles only at home. You're going away, you eat, you're, you're away for Shabbos, you're, you're visiting your children, you're visiting a hotel or wherever you may be, you've just gone away on holiday, there's no obligation for you to light all those numbers of candles. You only light at home those, those candles, anywhere else, you just light two. Yes? What did I say before? If you've switched on an electric light, even though we'll discuss the halach of the brocham electric light a bit later in a moment, but if you switched on an electric light for Shabbos, so before you, you light your candle, you go around the house and say, right, this light needs to be on for Shabbos, that light off, which is what most of us do, then the light has been switched on for Shabbos. You then get a phone call which tells you that uh, Ive, uh, your next door neighbor's boiler's broken and can you help them? So you're busy, busy, busy. And by the time you come back, you completely forget to light the candles. That doesn't matter. You won't have to light another one next week because you did light a light for Shabbos. Be it that you didn't light your candles. True, you never made a brocha. That doesn't matter. That doesn't bother us. One other halakha, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish this week, and we'll come back next, uh, after in, in the next year, and we'll finish up. We've got quite a bit to do still in Hilchas Hadlokas Neiros. One other halakha, which is interesting, is that Ne'er Shabbos is a national mitzvah. It's like a Hanukkah light is a national mitzvah. You can't light one light from the other. So if you're taking a match and you're lighting the, the Shabbos candle, and the match goes out, you, you forgot to buy the extra long uh, matches for Shabbos, so it went out, you, what do you want to do? The simple thing was to take the ca- next candle and just light it from the one which is already lit. And particularly if you've got ten candles there, it's just so simple. Just to, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be- take light from a national mitzvah. Like a Hanukkah, we don't light one light from the other. You don't have to take lights from a national mitzvah. So we don't take lights from a national shop, from an air of Shabbos either. Let's just briefly talk about electric lights. Electric lights is a huge machlekes in the poskim. Can you make a brocha on an electric light? And that's going to be relevant for people who are in hospital. Can you make a brocha on an electric light? So Moshe Fashion holds on an electric light, even though electric light would be called a hadlokas ne'er for Shabbos, but a brocha you can't make. It's not called a ne'er, it's, it's especially these types of lights, the, the, uh, the fluorescence and LEDs don't have any, any filament inside, so it doesn't really have a ne'er, it's not called a, a real light, and they hold you can't make a brocha on them. If Shem Zaman holds you can't make a brocha on electric lights because the, the, the electricity is constant and it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't ever burn out. It, it's, it's just a constant, so therefore it's not considered a, 
a, a, a, a light like a candle, and therefore you can't make a bracha on it. Other possible, you can make a bracha. If Shlomo was told if you had a battery light, you know, sometimes Teddy would come to the hospitals with a, a little battery light, he would allow you to make a bracha on that. Rashi Fashna wouldn't allow you to make a bracha on that either. Other possible say you do make a bracha. So if you ever get in a situation where you need to light an electric light, give your local rob a call and ask him what to do. If you're going to ask me, I'll tell you not to make a bracha. But so don't bother calling me. But if you're going to ask, call somebody else, and you, you might get away with it, and he might tell you to make a bracha. But that is the basic machlekes. So then, then we have the, the Hakadama, the opening halachas of Hilkos Hablachas Neiros, and Bez Hashem, the, the lights of Shabbos should shine for everybody. Let me just share with you a very small Kuratayr on this week's Sedra. We know that in this week's Sedra was the story of Dina, the story of Dina, and at the end, the story evolved, the Shechem, the story evolved, and Shimon and Levi went and through a little bit of cunning, ended up killing all the males of Shechem and Shechem and Hamar and at the end of the Pasuk the end of the Pasha Yaakov turns around to Shimon and Levi and, and really gets quite upset with them he says says what have you done you've created havoc created havoc here. what's going to happen they're all going to gang up against us all the surrounding tribes you can imagine in those days it was like little uh, uh, small little kingdoms little uh, small groups of people ruled by and they were going to get together and say look here's Yaakov Avinu look what he's done he just killed that whole of Shechem who's clearly one of the uh, leading uh, tribes in the area and they're going to gang up against us and kill us so they answered we couldn't allow our sister to be defiled we had to do something about it now what's strange is it doesn't seem to answer Yaakov's problem Yaakov said excuse me you, you've just put our lives in danger so they said we have no choice but you, you didn't you haven't solved the problem you put our lives in danger. So I just want to share with you something very, very, very sweet, which the wrong Gubbis is over always from the Mulgin. So if you look at the next, next few Psukim, the Apostle tells us, now go up to Beis Kel and start moving towards Beis Kel. And then it says, Remove any idol worship that there is in, in, amongst you. Cleanse yourself and change your clothes. When the Kuma of Anale base came and we'll get up, we'll go to base came. But at Shomish Beach, we'll build the Mizbeach there and um, we'll, we'll bring Kabbana Sakhon Shibarku. And then the Pastor carries on. We did. They took all the Avaidazaras and all the gold and silver, etc., and all the jewelry which uh, came from Avaidazara. And we did. And then we saw they journeyed. And they never, there was this fear, there was this fear, why was there this fear suddenly? Why was there this fear? So the novel says, that the answer, the answer to Yaku's problem, what are we going to do? They're going to gather against us and they're going to smite us. So Yaku has got an answer to that. If we make sure that we cleanse ourselves, we remove all the other results from our midst, and we serve HaKadosh in the way we should, and we have that fear of HaKadosh as we should, then automatically all the surrounding people will fear us. And that's exactly what happened by Yisrael when they journeyed, by Yechitah Selekim Anaharim, and the fear of HaKadosh ended up being on all the nations around us. So we live in terrible times, we live in the times when we live in fear of, of the nations around us. But there's a simple answer, says Jacob Avino. If we make sure that our, our home is in place, we make sure our home is exactly as it should be, we've cleansed our home from all the negativity that, that's inside the home, and don't think there isn't any negativity inside our homes, it's full of rubbish inside our homes. If we can remove all from inside our homes and let our homes be pure and just there to as, as a means to serve a Kaddish Baruch then the, it will be by 
We'll have no trouble from the surrounding nations, we'll have no trouble from the Western culture, from the Western, Western countries, we'll be able to live in peace and serve our as we should, as it will be, Thank you very much.